How's everyone doing? All right, we're going to have to get you guys excited today. I like this crowd right here. Thank you so much for participating. Um, well, guys, I'm excited to share today's message with you. If we've never met before, my name's Blake. I'm one of the pastors here at Bedrock, and we are in one of our favorite series that we do every year where we uh, go through the episodes of The Chosen. We're in season three, and we preach on the passages and allow the videos to come in. I think it makes for a very meaningful experience. And um, in this week, I hope you guys had incredible life groups and connect groups. We, uh, I heard so many great reports of all of these groups that some groups need to expand already and, and, and kind of multiply. And so if you haven't jumped into a group, there's still time and there's still a place for you. So I want you to jump into that. Now, as we get ready this morning, have you ever struggled with feeling like you're enough? Have you ever struggled with the idea that you have everything that you need? Do you feel like maybe some of the things that you've been called to in life or some of the things that God has called you to in this world, you go, man, I don't know if God got the call right because in myself, I don't really have what it takes to do this. That you feel like whether it's relationships or your work or stepping out in faith and starting that business or whatever that is, that somewhere along the way that you've believed and you feel like you're not enough to do all of this. I think if we're all honest in this room, we can feel that way many times. We can identify with that. And for so many of us, I really believe that that feeling, that whisper of you're not enough and you're all of these things, is something that we hear when it comes to the call of God in our life. That we, we feel like God may be calling us to something in this room and we can't quite connect with that because we feel like, man, God called the wrong person. Like... We, we kind of question, does he know everything that I've done? Does he know everything that's happened to me? Does he know how inconsistent I am? Does he know how untalented I am? Does he know all of these things? You know, the incredible thing about God is he doesn't need incredibly talented people to do immeasurable things. And in this room today, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ and you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have a call on your life in his kingdom. That no one in this, this room or, or listening online or listening on playback later this week, like nobody in this room it, it does not have a call of God on their life. In fact, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is something that we're called into and then called to be a part of. But I don't know about you, but like when we planted bedrock, I thought, I can't do this. Like, I don't know enough, we don't have enough, we, we don't have everything that we need, we don't have big teams. We always tell everyone we started with 2,500 bucks and 25 people, right? And so that's a small group, okay? And so, but we started. And, and so far along the way, I, I realized that, that, yes, in myself, I was called to something so much greater than I could accomplish, but that's the whole point of the call of God on our life, that we partner with God in things that are bigger than us, but we believe and trust that God will work through us in the call that he's given us, and God provides for his purposes. And so today, where we find ourselves in the Bible, uh, there's three passages that deal with this same story in what's called the synoptic gospels. This is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. These are gospels that are very similar. John is a little bit of the odd bird gospel. It's actually over 90% original material. But this story that we're going to be in today is repeated in all three of those Gospels, Matthew chapter 10, uh, Luke chapter 9, and then Mark chapter 6. We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark today, so if you have a Bible with you, just open up to chapter 6, and we'll be right there. But we get to this point in the story where the disciples have now spent time with Jesus. 
They've watched Jesus do miracles. They've watched Jesus heal people. They have been a part of their ministry, of the ministry of Jesus, but they're mainly bystanders. They're basically just like participating and learning as they watch Jesus do ministry. But there gets to be a point in everyone's life and in our life as well where we have to start participating and being a part of what God is doing because you in this room are uniquely called to something in God's kingdom that only you can do and that you're uniquely designed for. And so what happens is, is Jesus gathers the disciples around and he says to them, look, I'm going to start sending you guys out two by two all over the world. And you guys are going to go proclaim this good news that I've told you about to all of the Jewish people that are in dispersion around our world. And you're going to go together and you're going to do all these things. And then Jesus actually gives some caveats to what they're allowed to bring and what they're not allowed to bring. But it makes it really impossible And what you see in this first clip that we're going to check out here this morning is you see that the disciples might feel like you do. As Jesus is telling them what they're going to do, you can see a little bit of panic on their face. I'm not enough for this. We don't know enough. We don't have enough. We can't do all of these things. And we're going to look at today how God can begin to answer our Worries, our anxiety, our fear, our depression, or whatever it may be that makes it feel like we can't do exactly what God's called us to do. And in this room, it doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor. It doesn't mean that you have to be a missionary. Maybe the unique thing that you're called to do, which is the highest calling, I think, on this planet is to raise kids and be a parent, to be a mom or be a dad. But maybe you don't feel like I'm enough for that. Maybe you had a bad childhood and you're like, you know what, I'm I'm messed up. I don't know how I can raise these kids. Maybe you're called to start an incredible business that fuels the kingdom of God forward. Maybe you're called to to be a peacemaker and to bring peace into your family. Maybe you're meant to be a a chain breaker in your family and you're, you're meant to break habitual sin that's found in your family. I don't know what you're called to do in this room, but I know that you are called to something. But maybe today we can identify with these disciples as they're freaking out a little bit. All right, let's check it out. Can you identify with the disciples there? They all feel like this. This is what I feel like they're saying in their head. I I don't feel special. I I don't feel like I can believe and trust in faith that God can heal people and they'll be healed. I I don't know if I, you want me to go deal with demons? Like we've seen what that's like. We've seen how hard that is. You you want me to do that? And then I love... uh, did I miss a ceremony? Did, did something happen? No, this is it. This is the commissioning of you to go into the world. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, your commissioning is the day you get saved, that you belong to the kingdom of God. But I just wonder how many of us in this room, I just, you don't feel special. You don't feel important. You don't feel like you have enough to do what God has called you to do. And you know what's incredible about this is God has called unextraordinary people to do extraordinary things in this world. In fact, many of you may be familiar with the story of Moses. Moses is um, basically abandoned as a baby because it saved his life. He's sent down a river. He is picked up by Pharaoh's uh, daughter. He is raised like a prince, but he's not. And if you know anything about Moses, he ends up killing an Egyptian soldier who is beating a Hebrew, and he flees into the wilderness. But not only that, like Moses' past for many of us would feel like that disqualifies him from doing great things. We're going to get to that in just a minute if you feel like that in this room. But also, I don't know if you know this, but Moses had a stutter. Moses 
didn't speak very clearly. And then God calls Moses at the burning bush to go and to speak to Pharaoh and to have the people of Israel released from Egypt. I don't know if you've ever felt disqualified or like you're not enough to do exactly what God's called you to do, but God says, look, I'm going to do some things for you, but I want you to hear the words of Moses as he feels like many of us feel. I don't feel special. In fact, there's some hindrances in my life that I think would actually disqualify me from doing exactly what you've called me to do. Look at what Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 and 12 says. But Moses said to God, who am I? You know, this is funny. This is a play on words. What does God say he is at the burning bush? Who, who are you? I am. So Moses goes, well, then who am I? Who am I? I'm not like you. So who am I to go? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Who am I? I'm not special. And isn't this just beautiful what God says? And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, notice the confidence of God. When you bring the people out. Do some of us need to hear that like whatever we're called to, it's, if God's called you to it, he'll get you through it, and it's a done deal in his kingdom. Like the future that you're so afraid of, the future that you don't feel qualified for, the future that you don't feel special about, in God's paradigm, it's already done. It's already been accomplished. And he says, this will be a sign to you. When you brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this same mountain. The same mountain where Moses got a call and felt like he couldn't do it is the mountain that he will go to in the future and worship God for what God has done in his life. Do you not feel special in this room? You're in great company. Even Gideon in the Bible, if you know anything about Gideon, um, Gideon is like one of the biggest wusses of the Bible, okay? Even when the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon who's threshing wheat in a cave because he's worried. You need wind to thresh wheat, right? So if you're throwing wheat in the cave in like the basement, that means you're scared. It's kind of pointless, right? It's like, there's no wind down here. He just, he would do that. Okay, I hope this happens. And even when the angel of the Lord comes and shows up to Gideon, he says, mighty man of valor. And he's like, mighty man of valor. You see where I'm threshing this wheat? I'm scared. Who, who am I to do all of these things? And let me just tell you one of the reasons why you may not feel special, but why God calls you anyway, because we don't get the glory God does. And when people look at us and go, God used you to do that? We go, I know. And they're like, what a God you serve. Listen to what God says to Gideon when Gideon is freaking out. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many. Gideon was going to go fight a whole army with hundreds of thousands of soldiers, and God whittles down the soldiers to 300 men. 300 men. And he says, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hand. He says, you got too many people for me to give the Midianites into your hand. Here's what you're going to need to do. Lest Israel boast over me saying, my own hand has saved me. Are you feeling called to something in this world that you can accomplish on your own? Then that's not a God-sized vision. It's not a God-sized call because God calls us to do things that are so much bigger than us, like parenting, like buying a business, like being a pastor, like being a follower faithful of Jesus Christ. Like these things are bigger than us to participate in God's kingdom. 
But why does he do that? So we can participate and grow in our faith with him, but that also we can give God the glory for what he has done in our life. And so if you feel like you're not enough in this room, then you're in really good company. But you can't allow that feeling to stop you because there's two phrases to this. I'm not enough. And that's where we stop. But we have to have better language in our lives. I'm not enough, but God is more than enough. And by him, for him, and through him, this will be accomplished. So in faith, I will say yes. But how many of us know, like, so you don't feel special in your world and, and you, don't, you don't feel like you need to do all of these things and, 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 or you start to get this fear where it's like, okay, when I go into this, then it's all on me. Do you ever feel like the call of God on your life depends all on you? That it's like, well, God called me, but now, now I got to do this. And you start wearing the weight of all that it is to, to do what God has called you to do. Let me just tell you something, like, I didn't do this. Look around the room. How many of you know me personally? Like, for real. Like, we hang out. Hey, John. Right? A couple of people are like, hey, I know you. But the reality is, it's like, we know each other, but it's not like we were best friends and I invited you to my church. God has done this. God has called people in here. God has been a part of all of this. This is not Blake Harkup. This is God. And so, the reality is, is if God calls you to it, he'll get you through it, and he'll provide everything that you need to get exactly where you are. Look at what the disciples say as they begin to freak out and go, why do you need me? And the point of it is, is he doesn't. He's inviting us in. Check this out. What begins to happen in that moment is they begin to say, like, well, this depends on us. And what does Jesus do? Not only am I going to call you to heal the sick and cast out demons, don't bring anything with you. Some of you can't make it to church without a snack, right? You're like, it's a 15-minute drive, and I got to eat something. I mean, I got a, I got a toaster strudel in this thing, right? But what happens is, is Jesus goes, look, there's going to be a point when he's not going to be there physically. And they're going to still have the same call on their life. And they're going to have to learn that everything doesn't have to be in order, and everything doesn't have to be perfect for us to say yes. Do not build a life that is devoid of faith. Many of us as believers in Jesus Christ, and especially when it comes to the call of God on our life, we, yes, believe in Jesus for our salvation, but now we act like our Christianity is our own and we have to hold this thing together. And we start to build a life and build the call and build all of these things in our life that we don't require faith to get it done. Like I, I can volunteer once every six months. I, for many of us, that's not like God help me once every six months, God, please. What happens for us is we begin to develop a life where we don't want to mess up so much that we make our life about us not messing up. And so we live a very safe Christian life. And what God calls us to will always take us beyond normal. And so do you really believe like some of these people believe that it depends on us? That whatever God's called you to is, that's up to you. And you got to get it done. And many of us have withdrawn from the call of God on our life because we go, man, if this depends on me, there's no way this is happening. But we forget the next part, but it all depends on God. And God will do the great work. Listen to Mark 6, verse 7. And he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. 
You know what's crazy is, is I know that this is this little short verse, but God says this to the people. I've given you the authority. This doesn't depend on you. This depends on me. You go and I give the authority. I give the power. I give the strength. I give the anointing. I give all of these things. And so this doesn't depend on you at all. In fact, all I need you to do is say yes, because it all depends on me. And I'll provide everything that you need to get this done. Do you believe in this room? Do I believe in this room that God provides for his purposes? That God will provide everything that you need and sometimes beyond what you need. And he will give you abundantly more because he's a generous father. And so maybe the call of God in your life is to forgive that person who hurt you so deeply in the past. You go, I don't have enough, but he does. God has the anointing. God has the authority. God has the power. Maybe that's God's call in your life. Maybe you feel like, I don't have the the call of God is to break this sin habit in the life of my family, and I can't do this, but God does, and God can, and he has the power to do that. And so where are you in your life, with your marriage, with your relationships, with the church, with whatever it is in life that you feel like, man, this all depends on me, and do we need to stop believing the lie that it all depends on us and fully trust and believe that it all relies on God. What would you do for God if you knew you couldn't fail? In this room, if you knew that you couldn't fail, what would you do for God in this room? If he's called you to it, it cannot fail because it all depends on him. And what he calls to is perfectly accomplished in this world. Now, not only do we feel like um, it, it, it all depends on us, but sometimes we feel so unprepared to go. We feel so unprepared to do all of these things. Look at Jesus as he begins to tell them what they're going to do. And now he doubles down on make sure you don't bring all of these things with you. You're going to need to learn to rely on me when you're out here doing what I've called you to do. Check this out. Mark chapter 6, verse 8. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you they, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. Look, we're just going to be very clear here. God is going to call you to do things that are going to take faith. Healing your marriage, it's going to take faith. Healing your relationships, it's going to take faith. To forgive people, to forgive yourself, it's going to take faith. To do exactly what God has called you to do is going to take faith because when we live in faith, we truly find our life. Even Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that it is impossible to please God without faith. That this life that we've been called to do, this life that we've, we've been a called to be a part of is a life of faith. And so maybe some of us are in this room and you're like, I, I don't know. I can't step out into what God has for me because not everything's there yet. And God's saying, do you believe that everything will be there when you need it to be there? But I'm asking you to say yes now. 
What in your life are you waiting for everything to be perfect? Everything to be, and I, and I know, like, I know that things are scary, and I know that things may fall apart, and I know that you don't feel like you're enough, and you don't have enough, and you can't do all of these things, and you're freaked out. But the reality is, is we're called to a life of faith, and maybe the thing that God is calling you to right now, that you've been asking for so much provision for in your life, God is saying, the provision won't come until we take the step. Everyone do trust falls? I'm not going to call anyone up here today. Someone's like, oh, no. It's not a trust fall until you fall. Do you trust that there's going to be provision there to catch you? I wouldn't trust some of you to catch me in this room. But do you believe that God is going to do that? Do you need to take a spiritual trust fall? Do you need to just like, you don't know where everything is. You don't know what everything is. And you just need to lean back and go. And believe that God is going to catch you. And believe and trust that God is going to heal you. And believe and trust that God is going to bring that forgiveness. And believe and trust that God's going to provide for that house. Do you, to believe and trust that you'll have what you need. To believe and trust for that job. To believe and trust for that marriage. To believe and trust. And that you just need to be obedient to the part that you are required to do, which is to step out. And believe that God will meet you in every step that you take. But not only that, I think one of the things that makes us feel most uh, unable to do the will of God and to do extraordinary things in the power of God is our past. We feel like, oh, I failed and I've done all these things. And if everyone in this room knew all of the things that I've done, I wouldn't even be welcome in this room. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. And yes, you are. You thought, if people knew what happened to me, if people knew all of these things, I'm the only person in the world who's ever dealt with this. And so because of my wounding, I can't walk into what God has for me because, man, I'm still struggling. And, man, I'm still having a hard time. Do you believe in this room that your past disqualifies you? That somehow God forgot about what happened before he saved you? Because we told you in this room, if you've been saved, you've been called. And you go, well, maybe God forgot about that. He didn't. He knew exactly who you were. He knows exactly what happened to you. And he's called you anyway. In spite of everything. Because God has never been about calling people with perfect past. Moses is a murderer and he talks with a, 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 a stutter. David is called. As a boy, he ends up sleeping with a dude's wife. He ends up sending that guy to be killed. And then here he is. And he's the best. David is the best in the Old Testament. That's his story. Great. Great story, right? Matthew's a tax collector. Zeb is a zealot. Zealots thought that they were going to usher in the Messiah by killing people. Paul, who writes half of the New Testament, is a hunter of Christians. These are the guys, these are the ladies. Mary has a past beyond measure. Phoebe has a past beyond measure. Like everybody. And what it says to us is the past doesn't disqualify you, but maybe what happened to you in the past is the preparation for the ministry that you're called to. Maybe exactly what you're called to do in this life is to talk to people who are dealing with what you've dealt with and what God has healed in you and what God has done in you. Maybe that's exactly the call of God on your life and what the devil and Satan meant to destroy you, God is now building into a ministry for you. Do we believe in this room that we're called in spite of what's gone on? 
Check out this next clip. Do you believe your past disqualifies you? Let me ask you in this room just quickly, what name do you get called by all the time? Is it the name that God has given you, son and daughter, that he's called you to do so many things, but when you hear God's call in your life, all you hear is adulterer, liar, thief, angry, broken. Like, what do you hear when you hear the call of God on your life? Whose name do you hear calling you? Do you hear your past calling you? Because we never see God call people by their past. We see God call people in spite of their past. And so in this room, who are you? Are you, you believing the greatest lie that, that, that can keep you from moving on to where you need to be in this world because you made some mistakes 20 years ago? Maybe you made some mistakes 20 minutes ago. I don't know. But we have a God, a great God, who calls us in spite of our mistakes. And many of us in this room live in a prison to those mistakes. And we feel like we can't go do what God called us to do because if people only knew. But could what has happened to you be the greatest testimony to the greatness of our God? And that he loves you and saved you and rescued you and called you. And does someone else in this world need to hear that story? Because they're suffering in silence. Because they have the same story as you. And they are stuck. Your past does not disqualify you. God uses it as preparation. He called you anyway. For all of us in this room, this should be a great comfort for us. God rescued you and he knew everything. And if he rescued you, he's called you. He knew it all. There's not a secret. He knows. And he loves you more than that. And he saved you more than that. And the Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, so our sin has been removed from us. What does that mean? We are infinitely moving in the opposite direction of our past. So let's stop bringing it into our present. And so here's what happens for so many of us. We begin to feel this way. And I want you to hear these words from the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians where he's in jail because of his faith. And the whole book is about joy. And Paul says these things as he, he is talking to this group of believers. And he says this in verse 13 of chapter 3. Not that I have already obtained this being perfect or coming to know Jesus. This or am already perfect. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Paul, if you struggle with your past, can identify with that. But Paul, because of his past, has learned something on how to persevere towards God's call and forgetting what is behind. Are you walking through your life backwards? And yes, you're progressing forward, but the only thing you can see is the rearview mirror. And you're missing what's right in front of you. And you're missing what is right there in front of you because all you can do is look back with great regret and shame. And I'm here to tell you today that in Jesus Christ, you have been freed. 
And your story is no longer a broken past. Your story now is a son and daughter of God. And your future is heaven with him. And so maybe in this room, we need to stop looking at the past, learn your lessons, move forward, and have wisdom. Don't do it again. That's the whole point of making a mistake, right? That we learn from it and we don't do it anymore. If you're not doing it anymore, you great. Its work has been accomplished. So let's move forward. Let's start walking towards what God has for us in this life. And what can begin to happen is we feel disqualified because of our past. We don't have enough. We can't do all of these things. But then if we're really honest, we start to fear, what if God calls me to do something I hate? I used to hear this all the time from college students. I don't like hot weather. What if God calls me to be a missionary in the desert of Africa? Maybe he does, but probably not, right? Like you're kind of equipped and built to do exactly what God has called you to do. And yes, you may need to deny yourself of some things. You may need to walk towards some things, but are you called? And do you feel like you may be missing out on what really matters for you in this life because of the call of God? In this story, this is extra biblical, but I think it's a great part of the story. Thomas is going to ask Ramah's father to be married. And Thomas comes up to Jesus and asks for his blessing. But then is like, hey, I'm going on this journey. I really want to get married to Ramah. How is this going to happen? I want you to see what happens in this passage as we take a look at these scriptures in just a second. Watch this. God's call takes us exactly where we really need to be. And for so many of us in this room, we begin to freak out. We begin to think like, man, I'm going to have to say goodbye to all of these things. And and any dreams that I had for my life, if I follow God, then I'm going to lose those things. And that's not the truth. And maybe there's dreams and a call in your life that God has not awakened in your mind and in your soul yet. Because he's waiting for you to start walking towards him. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3 says. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Give what you are supposed to do. Give what you are called to do to God and know that God is going to establish your plans. Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? C.S. Lewis explains this really well. He says when it comes to the will of God and the will of man, he says that the will of God is over here and the will of man is over here. And we think that somehow in this cosmic order that God's will moves over and so does ours. Why would we want the perfect good divine will of God to move towards ours. And so what C.S. Lewis says is what Psalm 37 says is, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, we get to know the Lord, we follow the Lord, we trust the Lord, we walk with the Lord, our will begins to migrate over and what God wants for us is exactly what we want as well. And so do you believe in this room that you've got to be giving up on everything because you're scared of giving up on all of your dreams? But the reality is, is God has something so much better for you. And those dreams that you have and those things that you have, if they are godly and given and good and you are called, you've got to trust and believe that they're on their way when you walk towards him. And maybe God hasn't given you your dream yet or given you all of these things yet because every gift is a curse in the wrong season. And maybe the work that God is calling you to and the things that he has for you that you need to give your plans to the Lord and he will establish your plans. And trust that in God's timing, in his perfect and righteous and holy and good timing, 
those things will come when they are supposed to and not a moment sooner and not a moment late. And so if you're in this room and you're like, man, well, why hasn't God done this yet? And God hasn't done that yet. And these are good and godly desires. And what am I supposed to do? Just believe and trust that God and his plan for you arrives exactly when it's intended. But how many of us, you don't just feel like you're enough, but you really feel like you're too weak. I mean, this can be physically weak. This can be mentally weak. This can be weak because of our sin pattern. This, like, I just feel weak. And some of us feel like, man, unless I am perfectly good to, and put together, I cannot go out and do what God's called me to do. I need to have this together. How can I serve people and do what God's called me to do if I don't have it all together? The good thing is, we go back to the second lie, it doesn't all depend on you. And sometimes his Goodness is shown in our weakness. Check out this next clip. It's an emotional clip, but I believe that God will say something to each one of us here today. Watch this. God always heals. Always. There's not one of us in this room that if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, will not experience the healing power of God in our life. God always heals. We will be free. We will be changed. We will be redeemed. And maybe some of you in this room are like, I don't have any physical ailments, but your soul is healed. Your past is redeemed. Those thoughts, those things that you deal with, how so much, there's so much self-loathing in your life. God always heals. And we believe and trust that if you have faith that God can heal, absolutely. But do you trust God's plan enough that maybe some of that healing is waiting to come because God has such a purpose for you in your life because you've been called to be such a witness to him in spite of your weakness, in spite of the things that have not gone well, in spite of the things that have gone hard, in spite of life being hard. Yes, we believe and we trust and we have faith, but do you have belief and trust that God's purpose in your life can go beyond just healing? We feel like I can't go out and tell people about God and I can't go do these things because, man, I'm still struggling and I still have these things going on. But maybe that is one of the greatest testimonies that you have. That in spite of everything, in spite of it all, you have such a greater hope and a greater trust in the Lord that even when we are weak, even when we do these things, even when we are suffering, that we can suffer with dignity and in grace as a testimony to the world for the great goodness that God has in our life. And yet, even as the psalmist says, though you slay me, I will praise you. Listen to these words from Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians. And there's a lot of questions about this. We'll talk about it. But let's just listen to these words as he says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse 6. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it. So that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And what the enemy meant to destroy you, God has now called to prosper you and to move you forward in this life. And yes, I fully believe in this room in healing. And I believe that God can do miraculous healing. And I don't think that you should stop believing and asking. But in the midst of your asking, do you find the strength of the Lord in your life? Because you walk in your weakness and you see his strength. And do you in this moment need to hear and know that maybe some of the things that you're dealing with and struggling with and having a hard time with and because you feel weak, now you are strong because you rely on the Lord. And you don't have it all together and not everything is put together, but he's called and he will give us the provision to walk exactly in to what we have for us. See, the reality is we may not feel like we are enough, but God is. And so... In this room now, I think at the underlying aspect of all of these things is fear. Is fear. What if it doesn't work? What if he doesn't provide? What if I mess up? What if I'm not healed in this way? What if, what if, what if, what if? And we live in a world of fear. And at the end of this mess, at the end of this episode, the disciples come together. Because if you're going out into all the world two by two and you're going to some hostile places, Matthew says, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. That's kind of scary, right? They're afraid. And many of us are not walking into God's call on our life because if we're really honest, we're scared to death. The problem is, and the thing is, is what are you going to do with fear? Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is acting in the face of it. And so do we need to be a courageous church, a courageous group of believers that in spite of the fear that is in front of us, we have faith to believe that God can do it. And at the end of this episode, they um, go into Psalm 3. And they begin to recite it together. And so I thought at the end of this sermon that we would do the same because many of us may have fear in this room. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that everyone stand up and we're going to open it up. And this is the disciples coming together and they begin to say this prayer. Peter opens it up. His cadence is a little awkward at first. So just follow it the best you can, but the words are on the screen for you. And I'd ask that all of us just repeat these words in the face of fear and speak to your fear right now. All right, let's, let's hit it. Today, I pray a blessing over us. So would you just with open hands turn towards heaven as a posture of receiving? Would you receive this today? Father God, we are so thankful to you for your goodness and kindness. And that, Lord, in spite of the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the not having enough, you have called us to participate in your kingdom together. Though we have weaknesses and, and we have things that are going on and we are not perfect in our life, you have called us. And so, Lord, I pray that you give each one of us the courage and the strength that we need to step forward and to call that you've put on our life. 
Because there are people in our life and people in this world who are waiting for us to say yes and to go and to be the ones who are sent out amongst the world in spite of everything else. And we do not boast in how great we are, but we boast in how weak we are and how good you are and the things that you can do. And so God, today, I pray that you send every single one of us out of this place healed and called and going exactly where we need to go and being the light that we need to be in dark places. And God, that you will equip us and you will provide for us and you will do everything that we need. We only need to say yes. And so God, give us the courage to say yes today to whatever that is, whatever past we need to let go of, whatever call we have in our life, whatever it is, God, in the weakness of our faith, would you give us more faith? God, we love you. We thank you for your word and your truth today. May it herald in our life. And when we are scared, may we repeat Psalm 3 and trust in the Lord. And so God, we love you and we thank you. We herald you as our King today, as our Lord and our Savior. And all God's people said,